For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 213, confident about it this time, of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Whitten. And welcome to your one-shop stop for Star Wars Deep Dives. We got it all. (laughs) You like like the collectors? We got uh, all that all day. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, not so much a one-stop shop, definitely not much of a deep dive. It's more like diving into the shallow wind of the pool head first no like, it's not you might have a little bit of brain damage after this but you'll have a good time <clears throat> how you been buddy i've been good how, how have you been buddy it's been a real good week has it really it's been a real good week like work has been busy but not like stressfully so meaning like i'm not like i was able to take a nap before we recorded tonight Oh, wow. I love a good fucking Star Wars power nap before recording with my buddy Will. I know. I love a productive day. I feel good today. I recorded an episode of Cooking with Chef Will. Yep, that'll be up Monday. I feel productive. You know what I'm like? I feel, ooh, I got my ducks in a row today. Yeah, and and like I I got my work done. Because normally lately, I would say, shit, since we've been back from Star Wars Celebration in April, Like, when it's time to record a podcast, I'm usually working up to the minute we start recording. Yeah. And then sometimes afterwards. So, a pre-podcast nap, that's my preferred way to fly right there. Sometimes, though. It keeps us from yawning on mic. Yeah, yeah. And, well, sometimes I get too hardcore of a nap or I wake up too close to recording and I'm like a zombie. That's happened a couple of times. So, um. New Tool song came out this week. If you didn't know, my boy here likes Tool. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I think, I think maybe, you know, I'm sure there's there's a certain faction that are like, come on, man, we're here for the Star Wars. But I think my enthusiasm might be rubbing off on at least a couple of people. Uh, our buddy Justin, never listened to Tool before. He's been checking them out. Emily Lind checked out the new Tool song. 
We're spreading. It's like a friend in around the goodwill ship. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get into the show proper, I'm, I want to get the tool stuff out of the way. Uh, everybody should, should go listen to the new song fear inoculum. It'll it's the fastest 10 minutes that'll ever go by in your life. Uh, secondly, I had something interesting happen to me this week, buddy. Oh yeah. So because I have been talking about my excitement for the new tool album, um, somebody in their camp reached out to me, not in their camp, but somebody who has uh, a connection to the band reached out to me. Really? And they gave me a little snippet, a little, uh, like one minute clip of an un, like an unreleased song. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So what we need you guys to do is keep this secret. Don't go getting on the tool subreddit or a message board and being like, oh my God, they played a minute. Like, let's keep this in the blue harvest circle of trust, guys. You know what I mean? We trust you. Be cool about this. Okay? So Will hasn't heard this yet. He didn't no. even know, know about this. No. So here we go. You ready, Will? Yeah, hell yeah, I'm ready. Let me, uh, I'm pretty excited. This is a pretty big deal for me, so let me get it queued up. Can you hear it? Yes. This is good. I haven't ever heard this one. That's uh that's from our buddy buddy uh Eric Strathers from Eric the Bad Strauss. Yeah. He sent that over to me Tuesday night and holy shit did I get a good laugh out of that. That's perfect. <coughs> so got him. Um, got him. All right, guys. So let me give you some quick business. Then we'll talk about some Star Wars. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. And we have a Patreon page. Where, if you really like what we yeah, do. Yeah, man. If, if you're like me. There's a little more for you. A little more. There's a lot more. Uh, we have... Uh, a special Patreon page podcast feed that if you sign up for um, any of the tiers, the lowest tier, $3 a month, you can get a bonus podcast every week. And it's not just, it's it's all kinds of stuff. This week we posted an episode of Jaws with our friends Lady J and Jonesy from the Geek Dudes. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you guys, if anything ever happens to me, if I go missing... I'm telling you, I, peace and love. I love her more than anything. I love her more than Star Wars, but Jesse's the number one suspect. 
Ooh, what happened? I, look, she just. I guess I'll have to watch Jaws. You'll have to listen to Jaws. Yeah, no spoilers. Um, but we also have Cooking with Will, which Will 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 recorded today. We'll have an episode of that up. If you like crab cakes, I mm, got you covered. The crab cakes were delicious. Mm. Um, we have uh, Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel. We have Blue Harvest Adventures with our buddies Robbo and Colleen. We have, oh no, it's Hall Solo and Masters of Harvest Kasi. And in just a couple short weeks, the first episode of a brand new Patreon exclusive series will be recorded. And I can't wait for you guys to hear who it's with and what it's about, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Ooh. So, um, if you want to check that out, it's patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast. And we're part of the making star Wars podcast network where if you're like, okay, that dude was right. It is like jumping into the shallow wind of a pool. If you want to know what the deep ends like, if you want to know what the deep ends like where, and it's not like, you know, a public pool that smells like pee or like a, a water park wave pool that the operator gets drunk on. Yeah. We're talking Olympic sized three tier diving platform indoor heated swimming pool. Check out the making star Wars podcast network for all your star Wars podcasting needs. There's some excellent stuff there. And, uh, I think that about does it as far as the business goes. Oh, check out your creepy. They're covering perhaps one of my favorite, like, uh, internet, legends john titer yes you knew it man you know me i do know you you know my body this is why we do what we do all right so let's jump into some star wars um feet first because we're in the shallow end (laughs) um so last week king tom sent us in a message asking how we thought the promotion and sort of like um, uh, merchandise rollout was going to work this time around because they're not just promoting the rise of Skywalker with Force Friday in October. They're also um, promoting the Mandalorian and Jedi Fallen Order. Well, I kind of took a stab at what I thought like the first wave of like Black Series figures would be. And I got to say, I was pretty close. Uh, I was definitely wrong. It appears the first wave is going to be eight figures and not oh, wow. not just five or six, whatever I said. Um, so here's what we got. So this is a rumor for right now, but this comes from Yak Face and those dudes know what they're talking about. That dude, I think it's yeah. a one man operation. Um, so this is what he has to say. He says there will be these figures, and this is wave 22 uh, of the Black Series, uh, eight figures from Fallen Order, Cal Kestis, and the second sister Inquisitor, so the big bad from that game. I had Cal right. I took that guess. Uh, From the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian, and IG-11. I did not guess IG-11. Interesting. From the Rise of Skywalker, First Order Stormtrooper, Sith Trooper, Ray with Dio pack in and Kylo Ren. So I had 
three of those right, and I missed the first order stormtrooper. Ray with Dio packing. Does that mean like as in a bonus thing in the package, or does Dio show up? Uh, I I think that means there's a tiny little Ronnie James Dio in the package with her, which would basically Holy be. Diva. You've been down too long in the midnight. Oh, don't you see what I mean? Um, no, I, that means like packed in with the figure. Like, I don't know if you remember, but the original Ray Black series that came out on the Force Friday preceding The Force Awakens came with BB 8. So it was Ray and BB 8. So this will be Ray and Dio. <laughs> Still waiting to learn a little more about that Dio character right there. I got to say, yeah. so far, I'm way more into the droid companion from Jedi Fallen Order than I am yeah, Dio. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's got a little, but we haven't seen much of Dio. But I do enjoy the design more of uh, BD1, but who knows? Um. So yeah, it looks like if that is the case. Now, I don't know. Some of these might end up being store exclusives. Like, the reason I say that is because I'm pretty sure there is a GameStop exclusive Black Series figure tied in with Jedi Fallen Order. I can't imagine it would be basically your two main characters, your protagonist and your antagonist. I can't see one of them locking one of those behind an exclusive, but... It could be something like the uh, Purge Trooper or something. So, um, I wouldn't also wouldn't be surprised if there's other exclusives out there too, like maybe a Target exclusive. They've definitely mm-hmm. done that in the past with like the Executioner Trooper from the Last Jedi. Yeah, I believe was a big one that was a um, a Target exclusive. <laughs> but that makes me pretty confident i mean if if they're packing a wave full of all that stuff the only thing like do we really need another black series first order stormtrooper i don't think so like and there's nothing against the design but i just feel like that may be like the third time they've done that figure in black series and it's probably just the same figure it's been since I mean, the Force is Awakens. it standard? You just have to produce one with every movie. Yeah, I mean the the, the thing is, is troopers sell for the most part, um, especially. I figured the different ones do. Well, you would be surprised. Like a regular storm, like if there's a regular ass original trilogy stormtrooper and a wave of figures, it will sell. You will, you know, unless you get on it, you might have trouble finding it, and that's. Because mm. people army build where they want to do a oh, display where there's like dozens of these stormtroopers or 501st fans or people that just like armored characters because they typically turn out so well in uh, figure form, you know? Right. <clears throat> so, yeah, a trooper typically will always sell. I think maybe maybe they had some clearanced out snow troopers and flame troopers from... Uh, the Force Awakens stuff, but not the strongest designs, in my opinion. I like the Flame Trooper, all right. He looks kind of almost like a Zaku from Gundam, right? But that Snow Trooper, I am not down with. 
the first order version of the snow trooper yeah i know you don't like them Mm-mm. i like the ones in solo the range troopers yeah where they're wearing like the fur yeah they got like the ugg boots on yeah um yeah you know for the most part there's not a whole lot of the new troopers that i don't at least like if not really like you know yeah um I feel like that is something they've done a really good job with in this sort of new era of Star Wars. It's, there's always some kind of new trooper, and for the most part, I feel like they nail it pretty well. Death troopers, I, pretty cool. I usually, I love all the troopers, mm-hmm. except for the ones with the really long neck shield and the really short visor. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're usually like in the in the firing pit in the death stars huge laser oh Maybe. so the, like the death star gunners i guess so because that that's really goofy their helmet's really goofy i gotcha they're not even actual stormtroopers i guess so they don't count but but the the ones that have the whole visor in there they look cool the ones that are firing the laser actually oh okay the guy okay so you're thinking i know what you mean I know what you mean. I can't remember. There's a, there's the Death Star that, Gunner, yeah, which is the one you think looks cool. The guys that are actually in the control room pulling levers and pushing buttons. The Daft Punk looking guys yeah, with you the like sharp comb. Those are guys are fine. The other guys that are in the actual like, um, it looks like a samurai helmet, basically, boom. like a plastic. Yeah. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. It's got the short cap front and then this really huge neck skirt. Neck skirt. Um, so. They look ridiculous. They do. Not my favorites either. But everybody else looks cool. You know what Type I really like is. Cool. Um, All the Stormtrooper types are cool. You know what I really like is like the AT-AT drivers. I think they're cool. And they make oh, a yeah. cool looking figure. Um, tank troopers from like Rogue One. Oh, yes. God, that's a good design. Oof. Um, so, you know, we're, as of today, basically about three months out from the launch of Disney Plus and the debut of The Mandalorian. And do you remember a couple months back, like right after Celebration, you and I were talking about <clears throat> what the availability of Disney Plus was going to be as far as the app goes. Yeah. Because, you know, I've got a TV that's got Roku built into it. So there's a good chance it'll be available on Roku if it's not available on anything else. Like, for example, I usually do all my streaming services through my Xbox. Netflix, Hulu, HBO, YouTube. Right. I watch all that through Xbox. But what Xbox doesn't have is a Disney Now app. So when I want to watch like Rebels when it was airing or Resistance, I have to use the app that's on my TV. So we were kind of wondering like, will Disney be on their shit and will the app be available across the board regardless of whatever sort of operating system you use for your streaming apps? Well, something got announced this week that I think pretty much eliminates that issue. 
they announced this week that Disney Plus, you will be able to bundle with Hulu and you'll get Disney Plus, Hulu with ads, and ESPN Plus for $12.99 a month. That's cool. That's not a bad deal. It's not. I mean, when you think about it, so I have Hulu, right? It'd be perfect for me if I was a sports guy. Yeah. And I know there's going to be tons of sports guys listening to this going, oh, I can't believe you just said that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I, it just didn't shake out in my youth that I became one of the sports guys. Yeah, me So either, I would man. never watch the ESPN. Except for, you know, funnily enough, college football. I do. Yeah, college football. Watch college football. Is the one that manages to hold my attention the most. And that's from going to state, Mississippi State, and going to the games. Yeah. Now, when I went to Mississippi State, my favorite games to go to were the college basketball games. But those are fun. I don't find myself watching it, but going to the games was fun, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, But yeah, I'll check out some Mississippi State football on that Disney Plus app if it happens to shake out. Yeah, right. I can. Um, But when you think about it, so. I have Hulu now, and I have Hulu with ads. So I don't play pay for like the premium no ads version. Um, so if I want to add Disney Plus, like I think I pay seven bucks a month for Hulu now. So you're talking about a five bucks, five dollars a month increase in my Hulu bill, like with two channels. You know, like well, you're right. I'll get. I mean, Disney Plus or ESPN Plus is like. It's kind of a bonus. Like, you know what? I'll use. It's almost cheaper not to get it teased out. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's probably cheaper to get the bundle. Oh yeah, because it is to get two of those. Well, and not the other. I think they okay. It definitely is because if you get Hulu without ads, or with ads, seven bucks a month, right? right? If uh, they when they announced the Disney Plus price, seven bucks a month. So they, if you had both of those, you're talking 14 bucks 14 a month. 14 bucks, yeah. And then I don't know how much um, Disney, or I keep saying Disney, ESPN Plus is. So for me, it will be cheaper just to add $5 to my Hulu s- subscription. And I think that'll definitely eliminate any issues with the standalone Disney Plus app not being available on whatever device you use, you know? Right. Like if you can use Hulu you'll be able to get Disney Plus. So I think that's a smart right. move and also a move that makes a ton of sense considering Disney owns a majority of Hulu now after the Fox buyout. Right. And Disney owns so much content that people haven't been streaming on their individual devices that they will now. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe they have been streaming it, but it's been through, you know, smaller apps like DNow or or whatever. Yeah, I'll be interested it, ex- to see if um, if Resistance is on there or and Rebels because Rebels has not ever been up on any streaming service. It's always you know been up on the Disney Now app. I can't remember well, what it was called before. That's a new rebranding. It used to be called something else. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I would think that just so they have a chunk of content ready, like why not put up all of Clone Wars? Because Clone Wars, not up on that makes Netflix sense. anymore. 
It really up, does. Throw up all your Star Wars animated stuff. They may do sort of like a a delayed release of the Clone Wars seasons because to hype up the launch of the the new season. You know that would that would make a lot of sense. Right, right. Like it's not there at launch, but they're like, hey, Clone Wars season seven comes out. You know, May twenty twenty or whenever it is. Uh, in the lead up to that, we're putting the entire series of Clone Wars up on Disney Plus, so you can get caught up. I could see them doing like something like that for sure. And I'm I'm sure Hulu with its original content does it do a weekly release and doesn't mm-hmm. do like a a season dump like Netflix does, right? Right, right. It it does the sort of traditional one episode a week sort okay. of format, which. I assume Disney will follow. Well, yeah, and I think they, without saying as much, they confirmed it when they said that Disney Plus was going to launch with the first episode of The Mandalorian. The first episode. Right. So I think that means it'll be a weekly sort of deal. I can't wait. Which makes sense. I mean, that's just, that's the serialized TV model. Yeah, and, and the way they're staggering that with the Cassian series and Clone Wars and season two of the Mandalorian and all the the Marvel Disney Plus series like I think we're going to they're going to do their best if you are a certain brand of nerd and you have any interest in those two properties Star Wars or Marvel they're going to keep you hooked on and not canceling that service because you know Mandalorian will wrap up and you'll be like well such and such is just around the corner. I got to stick around for that. So I'm not going to cancel my subscription. So it's it's definitely a business move for them to stretch it out like that. But it, not to be selfish, it's going to work out really well for us because we can just talk about Mandalorian episode by episode instead of trying to sit down and be like, here's our thoughts on the entire first season of The Mandalorian that came out last night. That's funny. And then I don't have to worry about people watching crazy far ahead of me and spoiling shit on Twitter for you. Yeah. Jesus. Dude. Stranger Things season three came out on the 4th of July. And by the morning of the 5th of July, I was already having stuff spoiled for me on Twitter. Like, oh, dude, you're staying too connected. Calm your asses down. Like, give it a buffer. Yeah, I couldn't. <clears throat> it was good, though, that season three. Ooh, it's my favorite season. It's my favorite season of Stranger Things. I thought it was really good. I loved the new characters. I loved the plot line. I love just everything. It's such a good show. And, you know, I was... It ends so sadly. I know. I, I know. did not think that's not how it was going to go. And then... We can have the conversation off air just in case, uh, just to make me not a hypocrite and spoiling something for somebody that's maybe like in the middle. Like, I'm telling you, buddy, our friend Justin still has me shook. I spoiled a big thing in Game of Thrones for him on this very show one time. So I'm trying to tread lightly. Um, But I think that ending isn't exactly what it seems. Yeah, I mean, I have theories about that as well um 
Okay, so Disney Plus on Hulu. Um, Black Series Waves for Force Friday. We got them covered. Um, so they're doing new Blu-ray releases of the movies leading up to the last, uh, the Rise of Skywalker, which makes sense. And they've got some really cool covers um, for these new releases. They look pretty sick. Uh, they are not, however, going to convince me to buy yet another Blu-ray copy. Because at this point, own Star Wars on VHS, on Betamax, on Laserdisc. Two copies on VHS. Original trilogy and special edition. special edition. edition. Uh, DVD. Blu-ray. Digital. Like, the only way you guys are going to get me to pop down my money for another physical... Uno Mas Star Wars. Yeah, for one more Star Wars release is a 4K Blu-ray box set. Oh, wow. And it does not appear... That that's what this is. If I had to guess, we'll we'll have to wait until after uh, episode nine comes out. Maybe it'll even come out around the time of the video release, so like spring ish next year. Uh, but that's how they would get me to buy another box set of Star Wars because I'm not like I like these covers. I think even the steel books that they started putting out in the last few years, the steel bit book. Steelbook Blu-rays are very cool, but I'm look. I love Star Wars. I'm not buying it again on Blu-ray. I support Lucasfilm quite thoroughly. Ah, dude, I just can't continue in this manner. Look, like I'm not saying that like there's only so much room for DVDs. Right. I'm just saying like I've I've given Lucasfilm throughout my life. Right. I have given Lucasfilm, and people that know me or loved ones of mine have given so uh, so much money to Lucasfilm in my honor. You know what I mean? Like getting me Star Wars stuff. They should name a room after you at the Skywalker Ranch. No, no. I, look, it's not that serious. I'm not delusional. But I'm saying I've definitely covered a oh. few employee paid vacations. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe a nice uh, catered lunch from Chipotle. You know, like I've I've done my part. Give I don't me know. your whole your whole lifespan total. You know, Oof. money given to Lucasfilm, I would think is be staggering if you really counted it up. You, you you're probably right. Like if if there was some magic tool I could use, do you ever do that? Like, do you ever I think, think about or, God's book or Saint Peter's book at the end of your life? I forget. There's some example where, like, it's a book that's all your life statistics. It may have been a robot chicken episode, but all the statistics of your life, it's the book. You can just ask the book whatever, and it it gives you numbers. Oh, I want well, data on your life. It's George Lucas's book. He has this giant tome of how much each Star Wars fan has spent on Star Wars, and he's like, "Hmm, you're dead good, boy." Um, yeah, I'm just saying, like. If I, I think about it sometimes, like if I had every dollar I ever spent on soda, mm. you know what I mean? Like if, yeah. if, if, if like, or if I had every dollar I ever spent at McDonald's, how much money would that be? 
It would be ridiculous. If I had, you know, specific, if I had every dollar I ever spent on Dungeons and Dragons books or Magic the Gathering cards. Uh, exactly. Because certain things, like, you know, my hot toys, it's real easy to figure out what I spent on those because it's not a huge collection and they're all roughly, but like the things that would be on how much money in my life have I spent on double a batteries? Wow. You know, gasoline gas. If I, if someone said, I'll give you a check, you want a contest. I'll give you a check that reimburses you every dollar you spent on gas in your life. Like I'd be like, fuck, I'm going to go buy two cars. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> you buy, buy electric cars. Fuck yeah. If that was easier to do in our in our area, I would be all about it. We just don't really have those quick car- charging stations or anything. I guess I could. I'm just paranoid about buying an electric guitar in the uh, guitar. Electric guitar car. <laughs> tell, tell, tell what's on my mind. Uh, buy an electric car. <laughs> um, Widdly, widdly, wah, widdly, widdly, wah, widdly, widdly, wah. Uh, buy an electric car and go out to work and the battery dies on me. And it's not like I can be like, oh, just get some jumper cables and jump this bitch off. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, how big is the emergency battery you got to carry for that? I think if you buy one, you can have. I mean, there's obviously got to be a charging station at home. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be a must. We'd have to have one of those installed at the house. Um, and there are, we do occasionally see Teslas around here in Birmingham, and they're real cool looking. But as far as I know, there's no, like, charging stations. So that must be a charge it at home and drive around town car. I'll tell you this. The mall at Tupelo has them. Oh, what? hold on. What? car charging stations we're buying a tesla sorry jesse says we have them now it's probably because i never leave the house yeah you're saying they have them in tupelo yeah there's tesla you know charging stations at the mall at tupelo that's cool yeah you would never think yeah there's one at the hospital like i'm pretty sure there's one at the loves i mean that makes sense I love a Love's gas station. Dude, me too. When Jesse and I go on a road trip, like, I used to make fun of Jesse for this. Not make fun, but just, like, poke fun at her because she is a gas station elitist on a road trip. Elitist? How? Does it have to be clean and smell nice and stuff? I totally get that. You know what I mean? I will visually well, judge too. a gas station and be like, yeah, I totally but get that. they don't all come that way. Right. That's no. part of the magic of it. <laughs> yeah. So this, it's the uh, game of chance that you play when you go to a public restroom. Some are a fine connoisseur. Like some gas stations are fine aged wines. So some Jesse. Mad Dog 2020. Jesse solely operates. She will drive. She'll be like, I have to go to the bathroom. I have to pee. She'll drive a, 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 a further 20 minutes down the highway to get to a pilot, a loves, or a raceway. Oh, wow. Because those are like. The, 
the truck stop piece de resistance. Yeah, you can go in there and you can get all get a kinds shower of if you want. <laughs> right, all kinds of snacks. Yeah. They may even have like a McDonald's or a Subway yeah, or real restaurant in there. An iron skillet if you're lucky. You can get a book on tape. Oh yeah, book on you tape. Can get CB radio. CB radio. You can get a cowboy hat. Hummels. <laughs> like they may even have a fresh fresh delivery of Krispy Kreme donuts if you show up at the right time. Yep. Yep. Got the wieners roasting, the kielbasa <sighs> roasting on the the rollers with the to keep the crispy toes. Depending on my personal state of mind when we stop at one of those, like it can be almost as dangerous as me going to a Comic Con, me getting snacks at a gas station like that. I love the super gas station. Me too. I love man. that I can get a book on tape. You know, like <laughs> it's an orange C D, I mean, you know. Oh, I've seen some tapes. I can get an audio book at the truck stop. And I can also get a, a cowboy hat if the mood so struck me. Or a DVD. Or, or Blu ray. Yeah. Like you, they have got a selection. I want to watch Point Break on the way. <laughs> it's never, a, never a strong selection. My favorite are the knockoff toys. Like you'll find Transmorphers instead of Transformers. Laser Blade. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right, so we got one more story to cover, and this one is pretty neat. There's a book coming November 19th, right? They announced it this week, and it's called The Secrets of the Jedi, right? Right. And it is, I don't know how you would describe it. It is basically a history book. It's the history of the Jedi as well, written by Luke Skywalker. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, man. And That's like what every every lore junkie wants to know is what is the force up till now? So, if I understand correctly, the way it, it like the way it's laid out, it's it's laid out like it is written by Luke Skywalker and it's basically his compiled knowledge of Jedi history that he's put together in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens when he was out studying Jedi lore and shit. Look at the are cover we, to this. I just sent it to you. Are we to assume that she has that this book basically? I don't I don't know because that's amazing. He talks about there there's some excerpts on the page uh on the starwars.com announcement and he discusses ele like plot elements from The Last Jedi. So I, I, I guess we're to assume he wrote this after he died. Maybe the Force Ghost of Luke dictated this to somebody. Interesting. Take my notes. Uh, do you see? I mean, we have to talk about it, right? Do you yeah, see who's right? on? He's there. Yeah. Look on the cover of the Secrets of the Jedi, and who is prominently featured? Look at him. He's fucking handsome as hell. Yep, little Kia D. There he is. That made right me so happy. Right next to Kit Fisto, by mm -hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. And not only that, <coughs> in the excerpts on the website, they included his. So, Kiati Mundi. When Jedi Masters needed advice, they often sat, sought out this wise Serian who sat on the Jedi High, High Council. His logical way of thinking made him an excellent strategist a trait Master Mundy employed on the front lines of the Clone Wars. Uh, 
Sadly, Mundy's strict adherence to logic often betrayed his ability to react to improbable developments, such as the return of the Sith. Even his powerful binary brain could never have predicted his own clone troopers turning against him on Megiddo following the execution of Order 66. Pour one out for our homie. And his, uh, his bionic brain. Binary brain. Binary brain. Ones and zeros. Well, I think it's because he's got two brains in that big noggin of his. Oh, okay. Binary brain. Two brains. Okay. So, <clears throat> there are some... Um... I see Luminara back there. Mm-hmm. A shock T... Anakin, Qui-Gon, Mace Windu, Yoda. I I, for, I forget the name of the ram-looking guy on the far left. San C-10. San C-10. San C-10. It's something like that, but... Um, okay. And then Obi-Wan and Rey, Master Luke. So there are, um, there are a few interesting things in some of these excerpts. And this is one that I thought was really cool. Um... Let me get it sort of zoomed in so I can read it. It's uh, so the, it, it it doesn't just go over like entries for individual Jedi's. It also are Jedi. It uh, talks about different powers and stuff like you know. Uh, and under this, this is this is where it gets interesting. Under spirits, it says after Obi Wan Kenobi fell in battle against my father, I was afraid I'd never see him again. Little did I know he would return to watch over me as a force spirit. At first, I only heard Obi-Wan's voice in my head, but I later discovered that he could manifest as a fully visible apparition and even interact with the physical world. In time, I would discover that not all Jedi have the power to transcend death. It requires special training that Obi-Wan's master, Qui-Gon Jinn, received from ancient force priestesses. That knowledge was then passed down to a select few, including Obi-Wan, Yoda, and my father. All right, here's where it gets juicy. Their spirits guided me for many years, but vanished when I shut myself off from the Force. It's a relief to feel their presence again after all this time. Interesting. So that pretty much just basically blatantly states that Luke was in contact with Anakin, Yoda, and Obi-Wan in the years after Return of the Jedi, right? Like, right, yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Um, <clears throat> it does raise the question, like, when was this written? Because, so he says, you know, once he cut himself off from the Force, he reconnects to the Force and the Last Jedi. Did he write this book? Really fast minutes before he force projected while, himself while Ray was flying over there. Um, okay, The Last Jedi. This is under um, that section. After the Empire fell and the Sith Lords were van- vanquished, I had great hope for the future of the Jedi. I came to believe that if a single Jedi could help bring balance back to the Force, then perhaps a restored Jedi Order could maintain the peace and prevent the dark side from ever regaining its hold on the galaxy. 
So I scoured worlds for the remaining Jedi text and gathered a new class of apprentices under my tutelage. I was playing the role of Jedi Master, but it wasn't a title I had formally earned, and it was one I would soon prove I didn't deserve. While I was training a new generation in the old ways, the New Republic was facing a far too familiar threat. A faction known as the First Order was taking form under the influence of Supreme Leader Snoke. Unlike Emperor Palpatine before him, Snoke was not a Sith Lord, but his mastery of the dark side was equally as impressive and terrifying. Though a new resistance was forming to face the threat of the First Order head-on, Snoke knew that he on- the only way the Jedi would be able to stand in the way of his march towards galactic dominance. He sought to destroy our fledgling Jedi Order from the inside, and one of my pupils unwittingly became his pawn. He might now be known as the First Order's most fearsome warrior, Kylo Ren, but he didn't always walk the path of darkness. Long ago, he was one of my Padawans in the new Jedi Order, but we shared far more than our devotion to the old ways. We shared the fabled Skywalker blood. The son of my friend Han Solo and my sister Leia, Ben Solo was my nephew, my responsibility, and my greatest failure. Leia could see the darkness taking hold of her son and entrusting me with helping Ben find balance. Yet as the darkness continued to grow in the boy, I wasn't strong enough to stop it from taking hold. My mistakes pushed Ben farther away from the light and he dragged the galaxy into darkness with him. After he burned our temple to the ground and slaughtered any student who refused to follow him to the dark side, Ben donned a mask like his grandfather before him and took a new name, claiming his place at the side of Supreme Leader Snoke. Pretty good. Wow, that is pretty good. And it says, uh, well, just this one more section. Like, I think this is such a cool book, and I don't think it gives us anything huge where you're like, oh, holy shit. Although that spirit stuff, I think, is pretty big. Um, That's pretty cool. All right, this is uh, under End of the Path. I had failed. Failed to restore the Jedi Order. Failed to protect my own students. Failed to save my own flesh and blood from our family's dark legacy. It was clear I was not fit to be a Jedi Master, but I had finally realized a difficult truth. No one was. So as chaos continued to rise around me, I chose to end the Jedi Order once and for all. I might have been done with the Jedi Order, But the Jedi Order was not done with me. After I spent many lonely years watching porgs take roots, roosts on the cliffs of my new home on Ock 2, a visitor suddenly arrived with my long-lost lightsaber in her hand and hope in her eyes. Ray said she had come to search for a hero, so I'm sure she wasn't thrilled with the broken old man she found in his place. Yet the moment I saw her, I sensed something familiar in this young girl from a desert planet in the middle of nowhere. And I know that she hadn't really come to Octu looking for a hero at all. Ray needed someone who could help her harness the raw, untapped power flowing through her. She needed a teacher. And that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's all awesome. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm mega looking forward to this book. I gotta say. This will be a definite purchase for me. I love Jedi. I love little bits of lore like that. So sign me up. I wonder how far back it's going to go. As far as Jedi history. 
I mean, it may just be like a what if kind of if Luke had been able to write down his thoughts. Right. Like, I have no expectations of this actually being a plot point in actual canon, you know? It's just, it's a neat concept. I'm saying how far. I think it may only go back to, like, the prequel era. I was just wondering if we would get any information on pre-prequel Jedi stuff. Oh, yeah. How far back in Jedi history will it go? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. But yeah, sign me up. That's a that's a book I'm all about checking out. All right. <clears throat> you want to jump into some voicemails and emails? Feet first. No, we're going head first. Cock, cock head first. You know how many cock push-ups you need? Just one. Just one. You can only do the one. <laughs> all right, let's hear... Uh, Let's hear a little song. Where did it go? It's right there. And then we'll uh, jump in and hear what our friends have to, to say. Here we go. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cock head. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. So, we're going to hear from King Tom first, as is tradition. Let's hear what he has to say. Guarantee it's good. Hey there, Haas and Will. I was really happy this week to finally get an official image of the Starhawk capital ship. Uh, we've heard, been hearing about this ship for a few years. It was first mentioned in Wendig's Aftermath trilogy. And I, re I actually recently read those books while I was on vacation a few weeks ago, just because I thought, you know, it'd be interesting to see if it had any ties to the Rise of Skywalker. And the Starhawks really play a major part. They pretty much win the Battle of Jakku for the Alliance or New Republic. And it, they do it in, in an interesting way, because really the, the, the Imperial fleet is rallying around their Super Star Destroyer. And the Super Star Destroyer is protecting the rest of the fleet, so the battle's kind of at a standstill. And the Rebellion really doesn't want to, you know, they, they want to win. They want to put the Empire away. And they use the Starhawks to do it. And the way they do it is the Starhawks have this advanced tractor beam. So basically, they this one pulls the Super Star Destroyer out of orbit and onto the planet Jakku. And I thought that, that was a great concept, having a vehicle, a capital ship, that's able to do something else. And this is something we've seen here. And, you know, we saw it in... The Legends books with the Happen or Hapen battle dragons 
the way their cannons worked they rotated around the ship instead of were you know firing from one place or even in this uh these new thrawn books written by tim zahn the one that came out a few weeks ago it had the the chist they have some different types of of weapons like they have this um plasma blast or plasma bubble they can fire at enemy ships or they had an acid that ate away at, at the the material that the enemies made their ships out of and I was wondering, because I think these are really cool concepts, especially in books in literary form. Do you think anything like that would work in a Star Wars movie where we have something other than, you know, turbo lasers and missiles and, uh, you know, starfighter mounted laser cannons? You know, we do, we do have the ion cannons from Empire Strikes Back and Rogue One. And any, anyone who know, who's played any of the X-Wing or TIE Fighter video games knows what they are. But do you think it would be possible to introduce some of these other ideas for weapons in a major space battle and not need, like, a ton of exposition? And if so, is there anything you'd like to see? Um, because, like, like I said, I think the tractor beam is a cool idea. Um... Uh, how they use the hammerhead in Rogue One—that that—that's a great idea. Some of these things that the, they used in the Thrawn books, and even I think Star Trek, one of the in the Enterprise show, I think they had a shield where it wasn't like an energy shield that surrounded the ship, but rather they charged the hull of the vessel to deflect blasters, which I thought was a cool idea also. So I don't know—is is there anything like that that you think they could make work for Star Wars? Anyway, thanks for listening, and I will talk with you guys later. Yeah, that's a good question. I think they can make something like that w work, and I wish they would do a little more of that than just you know your standard. Yeah, the the prequels had the inversion bomb. You know what I'm talking about? The things that Jango fed. Oh, the sonic. This yeah, like it was at least something different. Like yeah. it was still a bomb or a missile, I guess, type of thing. But it was mm -hmm. it was something different. It was like a space depth charge. Yes, very cool. And also in Attack of the Clones, like, this is not necessarily space battle, but the Republic gunships have those, like... Um, the dome guns with the beams that yeah, stay on, like the, the ray. The yeah, the continuous beam instead of a laser burst. Yeah. I, I think they could do a lot of stuff to mix it up from just being big ships and little ships fighting each other with laser fire. Of course. Um there's a lot they could do. I, though I don't like acid would be an okay one, but it'd still be in like a missile. Yeah. I I think a neat idea. I don't know if it's very it's Star Warsy. It's more Marvely, but like the idea of like a nanophage, it's kind of neat. Like you fire these nanobites and they eat up whatever, like maybe so much of whatever you fire them at. Yeah. That could be kind of cool too. Kind of like acid, but it's more mechanical. technological. Technological. Yeah. Um, yeah, that could be cool. He mentioned the hammerheads. Like, I thought that was a really cool... The hammerhead of, cruisers was neat. It was, was a neat use. A real fucking cool. That Star Destroyer break... Those two Star Destroyers getting rammed into each other and breaking up like that. So yeah. cool. Um, Sounds like they did kind of the same thing with those super tractor beams on the... Was the Starhawks? Yeah, similar, it seems, for sure. Um they use the tractor beam to pull the super star destroyer into like the atmosphere of Jakku and cause it to crash. If right. I remember correctly. And if I understood King Tom's explanation correctly, I wonder if King Tom read all three of those aftermath books, like 
as he was getting ready to go to sleep one night on vacation. Because he's a power reader. Is he a power reader? Oh, ooh boy. He can read real fast. I bet at the end of the night he just puts all down like, oh, oh here's my stack of five books that I read. And now I know everything. It's <laughs> going to be great to go to bed. He's uh, He's got like a little port in the back of the, his head like the Matrix that he just plugs in and he's like, Whoa. I know Kung Fu. I know Starhawks. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's... And I think that's really something they should should move towards is bringing new stuff like that. Like, you know, even something like, you know, a, a class of ship that cloaks. Like um, Darth Maul's Sith, Sith Infiltrator. You know, that could be cool. Um, you know, it... it I think there's room to grow the space battle in Star Wars with some new weaponry and yeah, new there like hasn't, strategies and stuff. I think because so much of the story is so character-driven mm -hmm. in these movies that uh, the technological aspects aren't really... And you know, once you mess with it, you mess with it for life. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things, that, you know, monkey doesn't go back in the box. Right. <clears throat> right, but if you're you're moving the story forward in a timeline thing and it's a new development, a new weapon, then you know that's a little different than trying to retrofit something into the past in Star Wars and you're like, what? why didn't they just use that technology? I will say this, you know? of The Last Jedi, the, the, the bombers were different. You know, those... Yeah, the Resistance the bombers. bombers. Yeah, the Resistance bombers. They were very different. They were very cool, too. I really like those ships. Um, I do, too. Uh, totally forgot what I was going to say. Maybe we'll see something cool and new in episode nine. Maybe. That would be rad if we do. I'm hoping we see... It would be cool if we see, see the Starhawks. I'm not really convinced that they're going to be in episode nine just because of how they were re revealed and stuff Yeah, through Fantasy Flight. No disrespect to that company at all. It's just, you know, I don't know that they would have revealed that and have not promoted it as something that we're going to see in episode nine. And if it was a case of they couldn't promote it as being in episode nine because Lucasfilm or J.J. Abrams didn't want that cat out of the bag yet, I don't know that they would have even been able to reveal it yet. But I'm yeah. hoping we see some good guy capital ships. Uh, in this one, because that would be really cool. Some new, some new, new big ships fighting with new, new first order big ships. Somebody that's other than the resistance with some balls. Yeah. Come you, help these poor bastards out. You got to think that maybe that's going to be an element of episode nine. I'm hoping so. Is some sort of outside help or outside factions joining up with the resistance to fight the first order it's gotta be all right and next up we've got a message from our buddy anthony aka a rural farm boy how doing halls and will how do Haws and will and other blue harvest moisture farmer friends yep it's anthony also said rural farm boy in that twitterverse so it's a wednesday as i'm getting you this message home from my work day 
And during my work day, of the many shows I had in my playlist, one of them was a show called Star Wars Sessions over here in England. Well, they didn't get to put out a regular weekly show, but one of the boys on the show, Maddie, well, he had an interesting idea. He went and put together some short little 25-minute spots with a few of their listeners, also friends of ours in Twitterverse. And they'd done, like, short little trivia match, which is a great lot of fun listening to, especially getting to hear other listeners talking on podcasts, which was really fun, I thought. And been a spell since I sent Blue Harvest a message, because not really a lot going on to talk about, a little bit here and there. So I'm home from work, and I thought, well, let's put together a quick little three questions Uh for each audience. And I know you can can do this. Uh Or we'll just do it to have fun. So we'll start. I'll ask you and count it back a little bit. Give you a moment. Gather your thoughts. Get up and answer. We'll start with Hawes. Got a Rogue One question from you. All right, that question B. The start of that story. We see where the Ursos are hiding themselves away from the Empire. So Galen's not to be found. What's the name of the planet that they're on? I know this. I know Five, this. Four, three. Oh, two. oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um. Uh, where? Think about it, Halls. Do don't say it if you know it. Will do you know this one? No. Oh. I know I should, and I could shoot in the dark, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be good. Um, I'm trying to think, think. Cause it's sad. I, I know it's like it's like black gravelly, and, and it's got like black, fields, black sand. Cause he's like a some sort of farmer. Yes, farming. Oh, think about it, Halls. You've got this. I don't know that you do. Oh, I I've got this. Think about it, Halls. I mean, I believe in you. It's... Oh, okay. It's on the tip of my tongue. It starts with an L. It's not Lasat. That's what... um, That's what fucking the alien guy from Rebels is, Zeb. It's La... Lahume? Or something like that? Lahume. That's what I'm gonna go with. Lahume. Okay. Let's hear let's hear how right or wrong I am. One. That planet's name, Hawes, is Lamu. Lamu. All right, well I was close. I got an ep- episode four, Star Wars episode four, a new hope question for you. Oh no. Millennium Falcon is in the Death Star's tractor beam, and it's being pulled to land in what docking bay? Uh, three. Mm. <clears throat> this is like a classic Star Wars pr- trivial pursuit question. Is it docking room like THX 1138? I don't think it is, but okay. I'll be completely honest. I don't know this one off the top of my head. Like, 
I had a vague, vague vision of the name of the planet from Rogue One. This one, I have no idea. I think it's just a number. Oh, maybe it's just Docking Bay 4. Ooh, maybe it is 4. Let's hear. Let's see. One. I know you answered this well. Clear Bay 327. 327. Clear Bay 327. I did not answer that. Okay, here, let's see what the next one is. All right, Oz. I got a Phantom Menace question for you. Uh Uh-oh. Qui-Gon Jinn goes finds Watto in his junk shop because he's looking for a hyperdrive generator. What type of hyperdrive generator for what type of ship? Uh, and it's actually not that hard because a lot of folks go and make fun of how Watto says the name of it. It's a J-Type 327 Nubian. And I hope you went and said a J-Type 327. What happened there? Nubian. All right, well, number two. This is a TFA question. It also said episode seven. It also said Force Awakens. Um, we get to see the Raftars in that story. And they were said to have been part of a massacre. Where'd that massacre take place? Because Finn tells us what that is. Oh, no. Oh, it's a planet that already exists. I think I know the word for this one. I think I know what it is. That's correct. I'll, I'll help you out. It's, as far as I know, not a previously known planet. Like, it's not like... Is it not? It's not I like it was the Fallucian Massacre or something. Right. Well, then I don't know. I think it's Cillian Massacre. Mm. Well, Will, I hope you said it was a Trillion Massacre. Trillion. trillion. All right, Oz, your last one. Empire Strikes Back question mm-hmm. for you. Viper probe droid we see at the beginning of that story. How many manip- manipulator arms that particular model droid have? Oh, shit. Okay. How many manipulator arms does... Let me think. Man in a bathtub. Man in a bathtub. Man in a bathtub. Man in a bathtub. It's coming up out of the snow. It's looking cool and shit as shit. I think it has five. Five manipulators. I'm going to say four. You're going to say four. Okay. Here we go. Oh, shit. I closed out of his message. No, no. Oh, fuck. All right, hold on, hold on. We'll find it. How many manip- manipulator arms that particular model droid have? And, pause, I hope you said five. Mm. Did you look these up beforehand, didn't you? No. Solo a Star Wars Come. story question for you. William. Do not challenge my Star Wars honor. That is this, uncalled the, for. When you were like, think, 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 think. I was like, oh man, that Apple wheel is spinning over there. You're, 
like I have watched The Empire Strikes Back an inordinate amount of times. Right. And you know how funny I think Man in a Bathtub is. I do. So, I do, I do. Don't I mean I'm not saying that you don't have you don't deserve all these. You do. You're just so right. Here You're so right, it's unbelievable. They're in that spaceport trying to get away. What's the name of that city that spaceport's in? Mm. Which one? Okay, the okay, so in Solo, a Star Wars story, when Han and Kira go to the spaceport to try and escape Corellia, what city? Yeah. Oh, this is one oh. I don't I feel like I should know because I don't know. Man, these are hard. I don't know. See, I don't I'm not gonna know it. That's the thing, like I've had ten years, twenty years to be enmeshed in the prequel trilogy i've had 32 years to be like engrossed with the in the original trilogy the newer stuff i'm pretty weak on i haven't had time to like study up you know what i mean yeah so these are real hard the the newer movie ones are are ones that stump me a good bit especially when you get into like sort of minutiae things names of officers and Names a planet that are said one time and is only relevant for five seconds. I don't even think that planet's name is said in Rogue One. You know, like, I think it's, it does, I think it comes up because don't, they do that thing in Rogue One where it says like, Ring of Caffeine or whatever, right? Something. Um, Okay. So you don't know? I don't. The only thing I can think of, and this is from Expanded Universe, is... The only city I know of on Corellia from the expanded unit versus Coronet. So is it the Coronet okay. spaceport? And did you go and say Coronet City? So there's them. You did, in fact. See what other listeners Blue Harvest got to put out. I'm actually surprised that that's the answer. With all our friends in some slow news times, look forward to in your playlist, in my playlist, in your playlist. And Saturday morning comes. See you in my kitchen on my radio. May the force be with aliens. See you on the radio. I'm actually surprised that was the answer for that one because I feel like... They would have gone with a different city. I mean, you knew the one city that's on Corellia. Right, and that's from Video Games and Expanded Universe, which I guess it shouldn't surprise me because... There's a certain aspect to Solo that is Star Wars references the movie. You know what I mean? That movie is chock full of references to other Star Wars stuff. So it shouldn't shouldn't surprise me, but I figured they went with something else. Like a different city that they made up for for the movie. I got to say, I think that's probably the best I've done on Royal Farm Boys trivia questions. You were hot fire. Yeah. It's that nap. It's that nap dreaming about Star Wars. That brain's firing on all cylinders. All right, so we got one email um, this week from Charles. Uh, Charles, have you written in before? I can't remember. Um, I think he has because his nickname is Bear. He calls himself Bear. 
And you used to have a ra- roommate that went by bear. Rar. This is, this is definitely not the same bear. No, it's not that guy. Uh, hey, Halls and Will. I was recently scrolling through Amazon and came across the greatest Funko Pop I've ever seen. I don't believe y'all talked about it, and if you did, I apologize. But have y'all seen the Millennium Falcon with Han that is cor- currently out for pre-order? The thing looks amazing. I immediately had to pre-order it, even though it's by far the most I've spent on a Funko. I've started a collection of the toys, but have an obsession with bobbleheads, and this thing will automatically be my pride and joy. Do you guys have any thoughts on it, like or dislike? Maybe purchase it yourself? As always, thanks for the great content. The Patreon is well worth it for anyone on the fence. May the force be with you. Thanks, Bear or Charles. Whatever you'd like. Charles, Bear, if you're nasty. Um, let me see. I have not seen this Funko. So let me hop on over to Amazon and see if I can find it. You know, I'm always saying that I'm cutting down on my Star Wars Funko purchases. But it's. And then you get another one. Yeah, then I get another one. Now, granted, my last several um, Funko acquisitions have been Boba Fett related, so you can't really blame me. Like, right. I got the blue chrome Boba Fett because our buddy Steve D hooked me up with that at Celebration. Uh, I got the gold chrome <laughs> Boba Fett. Uh, when it went up for order during celebration, Emily Lind snagged the green chrome Boba Fett for me. And see, that's how you want to grow it. You want to grow it from gifts, special editions and gifts. If you, if you like, if you're done collecting, buying stuff, then it's always nice for it to just expand naturally through those things. Yeah. And we'll see, this is the thing. I'm a Boba. I've got a Boba boner as you know, and like, Oh, buffetish. So like I got, and I was really worried about that green Chrome one because it was a San Diego comic-con exclusive and it went up for pre-order. It was a shared exclusive with Amazon. And I woke up one morning and it had already been on sale and sold out. And Emily was like, I didn't know if you had a chance to get one. So I ordered one for you. And I was like, Oh my God, you're the best. Thank you so much. Because I'd have been bummed missing out on that. Because I think when the, it comes to the Boba Fett, Hawes can fill a tall boy. <laughs> what well, does it fill a tall boy? Uh, and then GameStop had an exclusive Boba Fett pop that is the holiday special version. So you know I had to get that. And I got a J.J. Yeah. Abrams pop. You know I had. To, so J.J. Say I'm quitting uh, or I'm cutting down on the pops, but I'm not. I'm not because you know there's going to be a whole hell of a lot of fucking Mandalorian and Bounty Hunter pops coming before too long. There's going to be. Oh, so this is pretty expensive for a Funko Pop, but it is neat. I'll send you a picture of it. All right. Um. Yeah, I have not seen this one. 65 bucks. I mean, yeah, that's... Oh, man, there's some cool features on this one, though. I don't know that it would be one that I get just because, like I said, I'm trying to not blow out the pop collection any more than it already is. I'm trying to be a little more selective, but it's it's a neat little pop. So for listeners that haven't seen it, it's it's a pretty substantially sized 
Millennium Falcon pop with uh, Funko Han Solo in the cockpit. And it's got like a special base that looks like the surface of the Death Star. To me, that's what makes it. That That's what makes it like over the top cool. Yeah. Is that and like the the clear supports that are making it look like it's flying. Yeah. That's a pretty cool little pop right there. Um, I am about to be hurting in the Funko Pop. Um, so, you know, they do your regular sized pop, right? Yeah. And then they'll do things like this, which are considered like a, a pop deluxe. So I've got, I've got a couple of pop deluxes. I've got Boba Fett and Slave One. Go figure. I've got Wedge in his snow speeder. Okay. Um, and I think holographic Snoke counts as a pop deluxe. But then they do these giant pops that are like a foot tall, maybe 18 inches tall. They've done like a wicket like that. They've done a porg like that. They've done Hedwig from Harry Potter. You know, occasionally they'll bring out this giant, like oversized pop. They're bringing out three. Boba Fett pops in that scale. Yeah. They're bringing out classic Boba Fett colors, uh, prototype all white Boba Fett, and uh, holiday special. So, you hear that tapping, Will? Yeah, that's, that's you. That's the fucking Boba Fett addiction getting to me. Thinking about those big, dumb pops. Like, oh, I'm going to have to hunt those down. Uh, that means I got to leave the house. Oh, that means it's they're going to be hard to find, I bet. Mm. My, my, my. And then D23 is coming up in a couple of weeks. And Maybe they'll have a special edition one of those. Oh, they're going to. They've already announced that there's going to be a special Mandalorian pop available at D23. So fuck me running or sitting, whatever. <laughs> fuck me Rolling. sitting. Fuck me rolling. <laughs> if you could put curse words in the titles on iTunes, the title of this episode would be Fuck Me Rolling. <laughs> that was good, Will. That was good. Kudos, Will. You Kudos. could make it funk me. Funk me rolling. <laughs> I'm going to have to consider because originally it was going to be like head first in the shallow end of the pool or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to go with, but no. Now you got funk me rolling. Now I got funk me rolling. Mm. You've given me a lot to think about this evening, Will. I'm going to be laying in bed like going like, ooh, what should I do? <laughs> funk me rolling. You could be stroking your beard. Yeah. Mm, funk me rolling. I got... Basically 24 hours to decide. Funk me rolling or jumping headfirst into the shallow end of the pool or some variation of that. Decisions. These are the decisions that keep me up at night. Well, buddy, thanks for recording me with me this week. I think that does it for us. Dude, thanks for having me on. Hell I yeah, appreciate man. your work, man. Yeah. Work you in anytime. Um, if you guys like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music there, Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, 
Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And as a little side note, speaking of Stoned Cobra, our good buddy, Steve Cobra, and I have something special in the works for the Blue Harvest feed. Really? Um, Yeah, we're going to be putting out a little special episode um, August 30th. So keep your eye out for that. I will say no more to try and keep the element of surprise, but it shouldn't be, shouldn't be too hard to figure out. You're a Steve tease. A Steve tease. I'm very excited about it. Um, also, if you haven't already, leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Google Google Plus Podcasts, whatever. We're, we're everywhere, man. Spotify, can you leave reviews on Spotify? Leave us a five-star review and let other people know what you liked. It'll help people find us. Yeah, help people keep help help people find us, so they can be like, I don't know about that one. I listened to the episode of this podcast called Blue Harvest, and the episode was called Funk Me Rolling. And I just didn't get it. I just, I just didn't get it. I didn't get it. Maybe it's an inside joke. Maybe the whole show's an inside joke. <laughs> That's what it's kind of is. It kind of is. That's what point. being a moisture farmer is all about. You know, anytime somebody, anytime Woody Harrelson shows up on TV, you think of him fucking face first in between butt cheeks or you're at the grocery store and see a package of Oscar Mayer wieners and you just have a good old time. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Until then, this has been Blue Harvest and I'm Hals Burkhart. And I'm Will Whitney. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. I kind of said force weird. May the force be with us.